Yes. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another another episode of the Music Guy Podcast. Couple of couple of guys here just talking music. A uh, couple of guys just grinding it out, making a living in the music industry. Talking to you about how we do that, why we do that. For the love of God, why? Yeah, um, sound like and, my dad. Uh, and we love that you're here. Thanks so much for for checking it out with us. My name's Al Rowe. I play guitar, I write songs, I make records, I sing backup vocals. Uh, I got a new single dropping, actually, in a couple of ah. uh, days. Like, what, 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 like what, seven. Like, a, exactly a week. No name, or what, what's the deal here? Is it a secret? The name of the song? The yeah. song is called I'm Not Lost. Oh! And it's actually, it's actually the very theme song to this podcast. Yeah. Yeah, so if you Isn't like the nice? build at the beginning of this... You're gonna like what it builds into. Yeah, it's a fun song to play. Yeah, exactly. If you yeah. want to hear the, the, you know, the, the other, uh, you know, two minutes and, and thirty seconds of it, uh, be sure to follow me on social media. Check out my uh, my posts about that, and, and check me out on Spotify and, and whatever other uh, streaming services you might be using. It's coming to you February twelfth. So look out for that. Um, joining me on the line. All the way from Whitby, Ontario. He's a guitarist. He's a backup vocalist. He's into transcendental meditation. He is Michael Hebbs. Om. Hey, what's up? Transcendental meditation. That is why I sound. I sound kind of rough today. You know, like there's a situation in which I have to kind of sing sing a few things uh, to record them for like a backup thing. And it's just going to take a week before I can do it. Uh, but uh, oddly enough, I w- was trying transcendental men- meditation, and the whole idea is how it differs, at least from what I understood from regular meditation, is uh, instead of just trying to, you know, like observe your thoughts and let them sort of pass by and and you know not engage with them, you chant for like twenty minutes. Um, and you do that mm. twice a day. Uh, so you say like a particular phrase, and it has to actually be a phrase that you don't associate with anything. You know what I mean? Um, so like, it doesn't even matter if it's English, but I look some shit up online on what to say, just because whatever. But after that 20 minutes, that first 20 minutes, my voice was like, no, like that is not cool. You can't do that. And I wasn't like chanting hard or super quietly um, it, the meditation itself though was awesome. Like some of the best meditation I've done just because you're, you're, you don't have time to think cause you're just focusing on the, on the, the mantra as they say, which was really cool, but uh, I can't do it. So fuck that shit. I coughed up some shit afterwards mm. and I'm like, is this like a piece of my vocal cord wow. or something? Um, so, you it's know, demons, that's exactly it. I got all the toxins out of my body. I'm, <laughs> I'm toxin free. Yeah, you're. I mean, yeah. It, do you do some like peyote or something? But or some, I would uh, be so down for that. What's that other stuff called? Have you seen the documentary um, on that? There's a documentary on psych- psychedelics where they talk about that kind of shit. Stings in it. He talks about his ayahuasca. Did yeah. you do some of that? Oh, I wish. I wish, man. <laughs> I'm like so fucking bored. No, I haven't seen that doc. Yeah, it's it's a it's a good documentary, uh, but uh, yeah, I'm so fucking bored. 
but uh you know such is life so my voice is is fucked so uh it's good times it's a good time to be alive well you know you could focus the next if you're gonna try it again you know just really focus on the nose yeah and, and say uh say a phrase with like a lot of m's and n's okay in it, okay you know? like yeah like monday and monday. morning okay and just feel it in your nose yeah and that'll help uh to not make your voice worse. but yeah man yeah. i mean talking for 20 minutes straight i mean here we are talking for however yeah. many minutes straight but yeah it wears you down for sure um also too it's the same and, pitch uh, yeah it's, it's weird, the, the same weird thing with, vo- with voices too is like yeah. when you're singing to yourself or like talking to yourself you sort of talk differently than when you're talking to somebody else yep um and yep. The, the way that you talk to another person when you're you know projecting your voice and trying to be heard and trying to be clear and stuff is is probably the more natural way of speaking because you're not focused on your voice you're focused on communicating yes but when you're actually focusing on your voice that's when all the the mental stuff comes into play and you start um you know getting in your own head and and talking too much in your throat and stuff like that and get yourself into trouble that way so but that sounds sweet man i i i've only messed around with uh alternate nostril breathing meditation i haven't done it but i've heard about it for sure show for show yeah i was i was enjoying it but uh it's a good thing to do nowadays to to that because i found it it helped me to like just settle my mind down because i feel so frantic a lot of times uh in this current situation because i've got so much stuff i want to do and so much stuff that i should be doing and it's all right in front of me because it's all on the screen and like i'm just like this that this that no i'm the exact same way this is taking longer than i thought like and just like freaking out internally so anyways i know exactly what you mean i I digress yeah i i get like i'm I'm doing a task and then i remember that there's something time sensitive and like fuck i forgot to respond to that email like two days ago i gotta go back and do that right now or else i'm gonna forget about it and then the guy's gonna get pissed off and then i'm like oh man i just sold a pedal on reverb i gotta go on paypal and get that money you know and it's just like the mind is just constantly dancing all over the place (laughs) dancing in the moonlight yeah exactly um Um, so we got a juicy juicy topic today that uh, that uh, mike's gonna be sort of leading us through here he's put he put a lot of of thought and work into this one and i'm very excited to just sort of sit back and and, take it and go along for the ride here Uh, but before we do that we have a huge huge announcement to make here oh yes Uh, (laughs) it's actually not that huge but it's quite large it's a a step uh that we've decided to take as a podcast we have launched a patreon page um so for those of you who are not familiar with what patreon is uh it's a site that lets folks give back to content creators that uh whose content they enjoy and finds uh they find to add value to their lives so um you know, in our case, it could be as little as five dollars Canadian a month, which is uh, you know a dollar twenty-five per episode. If you really want to break it down, yeah. Uh, and there are some perks associated with the the different pledge tiers and levels and stuff like that. And uh, you know, I'd encourage you to to check that out if you feel like this podcast is 
worth at least a, a buck twenty-five to you every time. If you feel like we've we've added some value to your life, or just a couple laughs, or some entertainment, um, and you'd like to support the show directly and help us keep going, because there are uh, costs involved oh, yeah. with, with hosting a podcast. Um, you know, it would mean a whole lot to us uh, if you'd go over there and, and have a look. Um, now that being said, the show's always going to be free. So. Yeah, we're not moving to an exclusive platform or anything. I don't think I don't think we'll ever no, be big no, enough you- to do that, anyways. <laughs> yeah. yeah and we're not you know you won't be missing out on any content or or, or anything like that um by by not subscribing uh, so it's really mostly in the spirit of we wanted to open an avenue for people who did want to give back it's not necessary at all um but we wanted to open that door so uh you know a- a- anywhere from just the the basic level where you'll be uh, getting you know the sh- the podcast delivered to you a day early kind of thing to all the way up to uh, to actual lessons with myself and and Mike if you want to do that as well uh, in terms of the the benefits that you'll be getting from uh, from signing up at the Patreon so patreon.com slash music guy podcast if you want to um, take a look there it would mean uh, a whole lot to us so with that being said let's dive into today's topic uh take it away (laughs) (laughs) legitimately um but uh so for starters i was gonna call get us to call this episode nickelback doesn't suck you suck but i kind of (laughs) figured that that wouldn't really get across what i'm trying to say in this episode nickelback is a vehicle for the theme of the episode which which i'll get to in a second i i mean i guess actually yeah i should talk about it here the the theme of the episode is um is like elitism in in a musical context um so the idea that you know we can think that we're above a particular type of music or you know we can think of it we're above a different player or an, an artist and like in some senses elitism maybe not the right word but you'll definitely get the gist of what i'm talking about by the end of this episode and we're all guilty of it so um at the starters of this i went in hoping to look more into nickelback and like find out that they were like secretly an amazing band uh and that everybody's been shitting on them and then you know that would have been an interesting story uh but i listened back to their their hits um and you know they're like a good band like they're a pretty good band and they have you know pretty good songs uh and they were really successful uh but uh people love to aggressively hate this band um which is kind of odd uh well i i kind of get it and we'll talk about it a little bit more later on uh side note i i think there are better examples of this there have to be bands that were you know really great that uh, you know, were uh, sort of put on the shelf because of factors aside from their, like, songwriting or their playing ability. Like, uh, I don't know, like, if the Kardashians made a band, people would be above that shit hard. It's true, right? Like, uh, it's just not... Yeah. Uh, how we perceive a band is just not a, a reflection of, like, how good they actually are, you know? Uh, which is very frustrating. Yeah. I think that uh, boy bands were a pretty good example of this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, if you go back and listen to, like, the, what the Backstreet Boys were doing around 1999, 
2000 like there's some like really really good singing and 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 you know songwriting happening there but it just you know obviously as a kid or whatever and as growing up as a as a boy you're not supposed to like those bands you know sure. what i mean like growing up in school or whatever like that so you know you learn early on it's like no that's that stuff's not cool you shouldn't that's um, exactly it and i i and I think there's like a yeah well, I don't know if you want to call it a stigma or whatever but there's like a there's an opinion out there that like a band like Backstreet Boys or like One Direction or sure yeah you know what Zane's have my you, main or like a man. solo artist like Justin Bieber yeah you know is is there's no substance there or like this is cheesy or you know and then going back and actually listening to it or having to like lift some of these tunes for weddings now nowadays you know like people who are 30 or 35 get married now or growing up with you know backstreet's back or whatever and we have to play Fuck i yeah. want it that way at a wedding and it's like this song is oh, actually yeah. pretty sweet and it's really hard to sing so, and then like, fucking the key you know, changes it, in i want it that way when it like oh, breaks yeah. back in yeah. that's a big moment sure yeah um, and you know to, to just completely write that off as not good music i think is is lazy so that's exactly um, it yeah anyways yeah but like so the episode's not about nickelback uh it's not about them sucking it's about why we suck <laughs> um, darn and why should we care about this because i think elitism is a coping strategy that is harmful to ourselves uh in our careers and and our decision making as musicians and i see it including myself like i'm not i'm the reason why we're doing this is me (laughs) you know you guys obviously do this as well but i'm you know super guilty of it it's very human uh but it's this idea that you're above or better than something uh you know we talk shit about musicians all the time and artists all the time like I, i don't mean like a specific artist i just mean you know it's fun to talk shit about nickelback it's you know fun to talk shit about taylor swift and all this stuff uh but i think when you take it seriously it can be damaging one that i find interesting is when people talk shit about gear so this is something that i've heard before have you heard this old timey sound engineers when compressors first came out didn't use them because they were considered to be cheating (laughs) like right yeah sure which is crazy that'd be like uh you know using auto-tune now or something yep. it's like just sing it in back then it'd be just play it in so that we don't have to compress it yes like, control your own dynamics you jerk <laughs> yeah. but the yeah. idea is you yeah. know the things that we've discovered because of compressors and embracing them is, is big um and like the way that i relate this back to me uh for example is that you know i always talk about this idea that you know, I, I, I don't want to be a shreddy or a chopsy guitar player. I just want to be that guitar player who, who plays what the song needs and plays it with good feel. And that's what I'm striving to be, not saying that I'm there yet. Uh, but I think part of me mentions that from like a place of insecurity or reassuring myself because I don't intend to work on those things. Uh, it's just very easy to see another guitar mm-hmm. player who is maybe better than you, uh, like quote unquote better than you, uh, and be like, oh, you know, I bet you they don't have good feel or they don't have good feel. Like it's, that's a vague statement that you can't really, you know, quantify or like prove or disprove. But, uh, not to say that I have to go and learn tread stuff, but I think acknowledging that they're valid, uh, and that they're different than you, like is, is fine, you know, but to put myself above it is bad. Anyways, back to Nickelback. 
Um, yeah, I I think just to to uh, like respect the work that went into that. Yeah, um, I remember being in a class at Humber with um, uh, Andy Jacob Scott, AJS. Yeah, who was one of the teachers. He was like noted, really good bebop guitar player. Like that's what his yep. thing was. Great bebop guitar player. And I remember him like talking to us about uh, you know a subject like this and being like the one of the things that he hated the most is when somebody would sort of be like, oh well, you just kind of do that bebop thing. You know, sure. and just like take like forty years of working so hard and like understanding a musical uh, idiom or whatever, and like learning the scales, learning the technique, appreciating the music, yeah. um, making music of your own, learning how to improvise, like learning how to taking all of that work and just turning it into that bebop thing, yeah. and you know, almost like writing it off as like well you know that that style of music that was relevant like you know 60 years ago yeah. and doesn't yeah. matter now and it's like you know like i don't know i'm sure there's you know there's space for conversations to be had about like what's relevant and what's not and why and why not and like whatever but you know don't disrespect the work sure that, that yeah went into that like if that's not your flavor of of ice cream that's cool but yeah, I mean, I think it's like you're saying. It's like you, you know, you 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 have to have respect for the work, and I think you have to have the self awareness to just to be able to reflect and be like, I, I am not that. That's okay that I'm not that. Yes, but you know, rather than being like, I you know, I'm not that. I would never want to be that. That's ooh, that's, that's exactly you it. You know, I am I am better than that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I am not that because I'm not talented enough to be that. Uh, I'm going to be, you know, my own thing, and yes. that's cool. But like respecting the the work that somebody else has done to uh, to become what they are. Yeah. Well, I kind of get off. I, I think on that I on this idea that I was talking about before I'm like oh you know I'm just going to focus on feel and I'm going to have great feeling. It's like what's to say that this shredder doesn't have better feel than me. You know what I mean? Like, like, um, I just think that it's it's a way that I protect myself from feeling like insecure. But uh, it is it is yeah. a it's a tricky thing. But anyways, back on Nickelback. Everybody knows Nickelback, right? They're a rock bon- uh, rock band writing songs, you know, about stereotypical rock stuff, uh, sex, partying, and being cool. Uh, and it doesn't seem like they're really trying to do anything. You know, like, they're not trying to, like, push boundaries or be, like, super artsy or anything of that nature. I think they were just, well, they were brothers, you know, uh, that just started a rock band and, like, sort of had their own sound of things. Uh, But they've received so much hate. And there's so many funny stories about this. One of my favorites is they were going to play an NFL game in Detroit. uh, And uh, the people attending the game had raised a petition then got 55,000 signatures so they wouldn't play the game. Wow. They, st- they still played. They only played one song because they got booed off the stage, which is crazy. They um, still played. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just So for a band that's very successful on the one end, uh, why are they so polarizing? Uh, why do they have like a large number of fans that are dedicated and then anyone who isn't their fan like aggressively despises them? Uh, 
And I could understand mm. this if there was like a massive scandal or problematic behavior on their part. You know, like, um, say for instance, I understand why people, and myself including, like, aren't into Louis C.K. anymore because of what he did. You know what I mean? But in the case of Nickelback, mm. uh, the only things that I could find, because uh, they was kind of like, I, I investigated it, right? Like, I looked into it. And by investigated, I Googled it. I Googled a bunch of things. But, um, was the singer did get a DUI, and that is definitely something. That was a decade ago, um, and then mm-hmm. there there was uh, there was one situation in which they were playing a charity function, and they didn't want to live stream their show. They only wanted people there live to see it. Which I mean, that, that that's pretty douchey. Other than that, Chad Kroger is, you know, he can be kind of a wiener, uh, as as can I. But uh, you know, there there have been a few interviews of his where. You know, he, uh, like I, the one that I had looked up, there was a metal magazine and they were doing an interview and the guy just starts ripping into Nickelback right in front of him, uh, which is super, <laughs> super rude. Uh, but yeah. his response was Nickelback, uh, Nickelback was the most diverse band ever. Um, not diverse in terms of representation, but diverse in terms of like songs. Uh, which is pretty funny, oh. but uh, and not true. But like, I, I mean, I would be thrown <laughs> off if you know an interviewer just felt like he could just shit all over my band in front of me and like ask me to respond to that, you know. But he is he is kind of a wiener. Well, okay, I, I got a few theories, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and a few points to make here. Um, and the first one with your comment about musical you know diversity uh i remember when i i don't know if it was photograph that was on the radio at the time it might have been another tune but it had that kind of vibe to it uh like acoustic-y kind of um yeah they've had plenty of those anyways i'm gonna i'm gonna botch the name of it but let's pretend it's photograph and i just remember at the time uh it was a huge hit and John, my friend John Kajerski, shout out to John. Oh yeah, uh, we were chatting. He's like, he's like, there's nothing on. We're, I think we we're probably in a band together at the time. He's like, you know, man, there's nothing on the radio right now that sounds like that song. Sure. And I'm, I'm sure it wasn't Photograph, but it was like that. But at the time, it was like that tune. At that time, was kind of the only song that sounded like that on the radio. Everything else had a certain, you know, different sort of sure feel yeah. to it or whatever and there was a certain amount of homogeny going on on the radio and it was like that song stood out for whatever reason the arrangement the vocal i mean the, you know chad kroger is an undeniably great singer that's exactly it like yep. you, you know whether or not you think the songs are good is fine but like you know so so i think they do have a uniqueness to them that is um downplayed for whatever reason or like again like looked at as not 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 acknowledged like looked at yeah. as not a factor like yeah. there is a uniqueness there that that i think uh is not acknowledged now um the one thing that i'll say where they kind of lost me because i think they're a good band like i kind of like them but where they kind of lost me was you you, you know you sort of said oh they sing about like typical rock and roll you know sex drugs partying kind of stuff right um maybe not drugs but um, I, yeah, I wonder. I don't maybe know. drinking. Anyways, definitely drinking. Um, they definitely sing. You know, the, their their album that resonated the most, that like skyrocketed them to absolute 
stardom was uh, an album called Silverside Up, which I think was their second release. I could be I think wrong so, about yeah. that. Um, but I think it was their second release with hits on it anyways. And that record was all about growing up in a broken home, right? Fair and enough. Like, like family dysfunctional, like, you know, heavy stuff. You know, a, a husband abusing his wife, like heavy, heavy stuff. And that was the record that launched them. And I think they were singing about real things. Oh, yeah. He definitely grew up in a broken home, for sure. From my research yeah, on Wikipedia. And like you, you, well, and you, but you feel that when you listen to those songs. Yeah. It's like, this is real stuff. And I think that the truth is always going to resonate with people. And where they lost me was when they, you know, put songs out where they, you know, like they have a song called something in your mouth. Yeah. Like, they have a song called like, I don't know what it uh, was. was it like, rock star? Like, pants around your yeah, feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or like rock star or whatever. It's these songs that are just like lyrically very fluffy to me or very like just downright misogynistic or like. Sure. Yeah, and that could be problematic as well, too. I listen to them, and I just roll roll my eyes. I'm like, this is not, you know, speaking to me on a a level that I want to be spoken to. So I think that that could be part of where the backlash comes from, um, is they kind of had this huge hit record and then decided to like, oh, well, we'll just, now we'll sing about what we really want to sing about, (laughs) which is just being dicks <laughs> quote, quote unquote yeah they like sold out in a way almost um not like i not that i necessarily yeah. believe in selling out but i know what you mean like it's like one of those things where they went from like being like a band that like you know like they they were trying they were like writing about stuff that that was true to them and then we're like well, we'll just write songs i can definitely see that also too like they aim that's where they lost me yes, personally they anyways. aim at um and he yeah. even said this, like, we're not, like, one of the quotes that he said uh, was that we're not, like, Arcade Fire or, like, some indie band. You know, we're not, like, a, we're more, I can't remember, more like a guilty pleasure sort of thing. Um, which, like, I get that. Like, it's, he, he's, if you see him talking in interviews, he's all just talking about being, like, a regular, regular guy, you know, like, just your average. I think that's, like, sort of the demographic, just regular, average dude. You know, he's not, like... Mm. trying to be artsy in any sense but um like i definitely think that we've decided that we're like better than it you know because yeah their songs were great like it definitely silver side up was 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 a good one um i'm trying to think i remember the first song i heard of theirs was leader of men and i listened back to it for this yeah and like it was a good song but it definitely hit didn't hit me the same as it did in grade eight um but a fucking hero from spider-man did I fucking listen to that shit. Oh yeah, like just Huge. yesterday, and that's a fucking tune, man. Huge tune. Yeah, um, sure. I think the, another thing too that I'll I'll bring up is like because you sort of use the word like they're kind of wienery, and like you know it, it, it's like if you're getting picked on as a kid in school or whatever, like and somebody's like you're you know you're a nerd or you yes. suck or whatever, and you're like no, I don't. I'm yep. I'm cool, and then you know. They're yeah. gonna, you know, they're gonna lean into you harder, and I kind of feel like that's what the—that's the mistake that they made with yes. their persona. Was like people were like, "Your music kind of sucks," and they're like, "No, it doesn't. We're the shit. We have all yes. these number ones." And it's like, "Yeah, you do," but like, you'd be way cooler to just be like, "I don't give yeah, a shit." Sorry, you feel that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, oh, like, you know, and I, I, so I feel like they took it personally and that made people want to pile on. And, and I also would, and this is not a fair um, thing for people to, to do, but I think people associate a certain type of person with a Nickelback fan. And so there's like a double layer of like, people assume that they would not like the people who they assume okay. would like that music. So then, you know, there's layers of, of elitism going on there. But anyways, uh, that go on. That is a very interesting <laughs> idea. So yeah, like we assume that we're better than listening to something like Nickelback, so you don't really give it a chance. But it is true. Those things are like very good points as to why they're like so aggressively hated. Um, but so other people that, you know, they don't receive as much hate as Nickelback because that's like almost a, a feat at this point. But uh, other people <laughs> who receive a lot of hate, at least in the musician community when I talk you know, with people about them or I just hear them talking about them, someone like Taylor Swift, um, you know, they'll be like, oh, she doesn't actually write her songs. You know, she's got ghost writers. And it's like, all right, like, how do you know? Uh, or like, oh, she uses autotune. <laughs> One that fucking kills me. This is like... A personal attack at me. No, I can see why you don't like him as a person because he seems like he's kind of once again a ween. Uh, John Mayer, like tons of people, mm. um, like a decade ago, were like, "Oh, you know, like uh, we should." I can't remember what I was going to say. Tons of people, like a decade ago, you know, when I talked with them about John Mayer, like, "Oh, he's not actually, you know, like that good. He's not like a real songwriter. He's just like a pop guy." Uh, you know, he's, uh, uh, and even still to this day, like people have acknowledged him more as a guitarist, but I think he's like really underrated, uh, just because of that idea. He had your body is a wonderland, uh, Justin Bieber, same deal. People, you know, just assume he's just like uh, this notion of, of, uh, you know, he just got lucky and that somehow continued to happen and he's not actually talented. Uh, Cardi B, Florida Georgia line. This next one fucking pisses me off. People talk shit about Lars Ulrich, the drummer from Metallica. Um, <laughs> again. Yeah. Again, like, just the, yes, the yes. archetypical, like, you tell him he's wrong, he's like, no, I'm not. Ugh. Yeah. And then people just pile on that, you know? Yeah. Because of the Napster thing. They made a, a huge mistake in, like, yes. yeah, like, suing their fans or whatever. Like, that's, you know, that's... I don't know. I don't know how you 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 uh, come back from that, and they, I don't think they ever really have. To be fair, no, no. But uh, but uh, yeah. just people t- shit on his drum playing. Um, oh, well, his drumming. Um, yeah, and it's it's a yeah, funny thing because right. there is that video of him where he just like he couldn't count, couldn't figure it out. But it's like like that doesn't mean he's a shitty drummer. But the whole idea. Um, we'll talk about him later. This one we have actually a clip to talk about it is uh, Kenny G. Uh, people shit on Kenny G hard. And the idea is it, this yeah. guy talking about him, his name's Pat Metheny. You probably know who he is, but if you don't, he's like a legendary jazz guitarist. He's not struggling for money at, at, at any point, but uh, y- you know Kenny G. He's a saxophone player, plays the smooth stuff. But listen listen to uh, Pat Metheny talk about Kenny G. It's very gross. Well, I can understand why a lot of people say they don't like jazz, because right now, Sometimes you say the word jazz and people think of some of the worst music on earth, like, for instance, Kenny G. I mean, you know, there's nothing more stupid than that. Let's face it, that's the dumbest music there 
ever could possibly be in the history of human beings. There could never be music any worse than that. And now people think that that's what jazz is. Well, that's not what jazz is at all. Jazz is, at its best, the most incredible music. It's just that, like in rock and roll, 95% of it really sucks. It's just the really good stuff that's really great. And that's exactly the same in pop music. It's just like that in jazz. It's just that it takes a little bit longer to discover the good stuff in jazz because you go into the record store and there's so many records there you don't even know where to begin. It's good to find somebody to help you to learn about jazz, somebody who knows about it. That's not what jazz is. You don't know what jazz is. <laughs> Wiener. The, the stupidest music Wiener. in the world. Um, yeah, no, that, that, I remember they showed us that that's, at Humber. That's so brutal, man. I, yeah. I, I thought that you were going to show me a clip of Pat Metheny saying, Nobody, people don't understand Kenny G, he's actually dope. Sure. I'm like, this is why, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I expected better of somebody like Pat Metheny to be like, you know, like he could almost, he could almost like meta us all and be like, "I'm so sure. elite that I get Kenny G." Sure, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But instead, takes takes the easy, low hanging fruit shot at this guy that people already aren't giving credit for being like a great saxophonist who sells a ton of records. Yep. Who's, there's obviously some jealousy here because he's you know probably selling more records than Pat was at the time. I don't know that for sure. <laughs> I don't know either. I was going to say something to that effect, and I was like, I don't want to do the research to support this, so I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to do the research. The guy's a the guy's a wiener. It's funny. Yeah. I'm sure he's a great guitarist. He I'm sure he regrets great. saying that. Yeah, um, that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. We we're all and, guilty and, of like, this. That's fine. Uh, Unfortunately, it's immortalized on on YouTube, so yeah. we get to make fun of it. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know the other th- the other things that are kind of like nicely tucked in there, and this is how this type of thinking can kind of manifest and and sort of reassemble itself over time, and like you y- you don't really notice it, and you're just like, oh yeah yeah yeah, no, he's right, he's right. Yeah, you should have somebody interest- introduce you to jazz because you you don't understand it. You know, yeah. like you don't know what you like. You know, you should be, you should talk to somebody who like actually knows something because, um, you know, you're not smart enough, you're not educated enough, you're not, yeah. uh, you know, elite enough to understand how this music works. And like, if you don't like it, that's because you're dumb. Sure, sure, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and that's it's nicely tucked into to his phrase. He's like, well, you know, like you you know, you just need somebody to show you what's good because yes. you know, you're not going to know. How can I? How can anybody expect you to know the music? This is so. This is the greatest music on earth. That's exactly and it's, it. It's, it's not for sim- It's not for simpletons. So, that dude in the infliction shirt no, with so, the barbed wire tattoo is not going to be listening to this because he's not yeah. good enough to listen to this. Um, but uh, yeah. I, I just mean, think like anytime yeah. you have to explain to people why you're better than them, there's a problem. Yeah, going Some, on there, something's right? wrong there. Um, as much yeah. as I, I uh, love to hate on things and people and like joke with everybody, like it absolutely has made it into you know deeper than that. But you know, I feel like that's like innocuous and like ah, it's fun. You know, to be like, oh, I can't believe that guy was playing. A, a fucking Dean guitar. That's a metal guitar. You know, like, like I feel like that's um, that's hilarious. You know, like that's fine. 
But uh, to say someone like Kenny G or Justin Bieber sucks and actually like like truly believe it uh, isn't accurate and illogical. Because when you think about it, all of these people have had success over an extended period of time. Um, and like, like, do you think that their record labels and their fans over that length of time could be duped for that long? You know, the record labels who are investing money and who are a business who, like, their job is to not give a shit whether, you know, uh, it's good or bad. It's like, is this making money? And it is making money because Mm -hmm. it is good. Um, So their success is kind of like a testament to their skill. Uh, And this is kind of racy, and maybe I'm not right in saying this, but and chances are they are better at what they do than most of us ever will be. (laughs) Like... Someone like our Lar- yeah. it, Lars Ulrich, you know, uh, like <laughs> yeah. Well, like I mean, he's not a he's not a drummer that knows music theory or knows you know counting properly or like eighth notes and chord notes and all that stuff. Um, and maybe you'll be better at, at shredding drum fills, or maybe you'll have better feel than Lars Ulrich. But like, will you ever play on an album that is more influential than the Black Album? Uh, and if you did, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. there's there's a, a lot of layers to that um, that I think people aren't aren't considering. Maybe if they're if they're coming at it from that angle, it's like you know, uh, technically, how however technically great or not great in terms of you know his technical playing, Lars is or isn't. I, I don't have an opinion on that. But like, if you're talking about technical drumming even if you're talking about something like playing to a click which most of us would agree is a very important part of being a recording musician especially this day and age at the time metallica was recording that wasn't a that was not important yeah the most important thing when metallica started is how fast can you play that was like the thing that was thrash metal it was a contest it was like we're gonna see who can play the fastest and the loudest and heaviest heaviest, and we're gonna yeah we're gonna go for that and and so like so you know i would just caution that thinking because you're if you're talking about how well somebody can play to a click for example that is one facet of many 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 facets of what it takes to play music in a compelling way uh because if i just sit here and play right on a click for you you're gonna be sleeping in the you know 30 seconds into it right so like how well can i play to a click pretty well i'm pretty proud of how well i can play to a click how much does that matter like barely at all like (laughs) in the grand scheme of things although it's something i've put so much work into and it informs everything else i do and and whatever it it is important but there's so many other facets in terms of, of music are you saying that you would have written or or played the drum part to enter sandman in the same way that he would have yeah you know uh you know and and so and then musicianship aside he was exactly the right person to work with james hetfield and hash out songs with james hetfield who in my opinion is a pretty damn good guitar player singer and songwriter he's a great Um, songwriter and, and but they had a yin and a yang going on as far as i can tell from the documentaries and stuff i've I've watched and read that you know they sort of pushed each other to write better and better music in a 
you know, Lennon and McCartney-esque kind there of way, go. if I could make that loose comparison and not get absolutely flamed all the way yeah. out. Uh, well, know, people do that, though. Um, but, like, there... There was a push and there was a push and pull there. So like Enter Sandman or whatever, for example, is one of the biggest, you know, one of their biggest songs, probably one of the biggest, you know, hard rock metal songs, whatever of all time. Like yeah. he was the right guy to be there, work with the other guys involved, come up with the song, help them come up with the riffs, yeah. um, played the drum part. He complimented, you know, the way that James was playing, you know, the band. Were, there's just so many mu- music, musically speaking, personality speaking, um, positively or negatively, too. You can have yeah. different energies in yeah. a room that are like, you know, contributing to sort of making this art. It's not all like, oh, let's just all be great guys. It's like there are some guys in these bands that were difficult and like yeah. they wouldn't. Just be like, oh, this is fun. They'd be like, no, this isn't good enough. We got to keep working at it or whatever. And yep. like that tension uh, results in this this art that you know whether or not you think it's good is is up to you. But it, I mean, it's like you said, it uh, it had a big impact and sold a lot of records. Yep. Um, the only other thing I'm going to jump in here that I think is problematic is defining the worth of something by how much money it makes. This is I true. think that's a problem yeah. Yeah, with. Yeah. Uh, North American society. I'm not saying it's not uh, a valid metric. I just yes. wanted to interject. It's to not say the only that, like, one. It's not the only thing that matters. Yeah. And I feel like, especially now more than ever, the only thing that seems to matter to anybody is is money. Streams. How much can I make? How much do I have? Yeah. How much do you have? Do I have more than you? If I do, I'm better than you. And then we get this Same. get right back Elite. into this elitism <laughs> discussion again. So it's true. It's not the the only metric to consider, but it is funny to think that it's just, I think it's a funny way that we deceive ourselves to say that even say, for instance, with the people with John Mayer, they're like, ah, he's not a good guitarist or he's not a good songwriter. It's like, he's not a good songwriter. Like, like he's had so many successful albums. He has to at least be good. You know, you could maybe argue he's not great, which I wouldn't like, but you know, um, I think it's a really, really mm-hmm. funny thing. But uh, h- how does this relate to us? And this is maybe a loose comparison, but um, there's a few examples. And I've mentioned this particular person on the podcast before. Um, an artist I played for has mentioned uh, that they had played with a guitarist who refused to use a capo. And like this is not like refused to use a capo because they didn't know how to use one. And this is not because it didn't merit the situation. It was, you know, one of those things where it's like, I'm just going to bar this G chord, well, this G shape, instead of using a capo and using the open chords. And they sounded like garbage. Uh, and that guitarist mm-hmm. was quickly fired. Um, uh, but Didn't get the call back. That's exactly <laughs> it. And uh, you, you had mentioned this earlier, and I had written this in here, uh, Melodyne. People trashing on Melodyne. Uh, Melodyne, for those of you who don't know, is pretty much, it's similar to auto-tune in a sense, like in a very basic sense, you can think of it as that way. But uh, if the situation merits using Melodyne and it's stylistically appropriate, I think, like, unless you are like, uh, for an effect, not using it, I think to not use it, you could be harming yourself, you know? I think that the problem with melodyne is that there's an assumption 
that how good or or not good of a singer you are doesn't matter anymore. Sure. Which isn't and, true. And I think that that's, again, like a lazy oversimplification of what's really going on. Um, because you can do a lot of stuff with Melodyne. I'm not going to deny that. I do a lot of stuff with Melodyne. But uh, as a guy who does a lot of things with Melodyne, there's still a reason that um, Beyonce is Beyonce and Justin Timberlake is Justin Timberlake. And yeah. like these these incredibly good singers... You know whether or not they use a little bit of Melodyne here and there to to shore up a note that was slightly out of pitch or whatever. Again, there's so much more going on in terms of singing and delivering a song and recording a song yep. and making a compelling vocal performance. Pitch is one part of that. Yep. There are tons of other parts. Uh, and to be fair, like correcting a note that's more than a semitone out or even more than a quarter tone Doesn't out work. can be very noticeable. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, you still got to get it really darn close. Uh, and I think, like, there's a lot of assumption out there that being a singer isn't that hard or that, like, y- you know, if you're a singer, you're less of a musician than you're the laziest somebody member plays of an the instrument band. Or, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, no, like there's I'm all this so kind of guilty stuff. Of that we, too. You, you, we all know yeah. what, what I'm talking about. And you're just doing yourself a disservice in so many different ways to feel that way. And especially if you're somebody who works for artists like That's exactly you and I do. Yep. Uh like if you're talking down to the artist that you're Which working seen, for, yes. if you have an if you have an internal opinion that they're not uh, that that their musical opinion isn't as valid as yours, that their talent is less than yours. Um, for any of the aforementioned reasons, you're gonna eventually uh, really do your, yourself some harm in the professional yep. world um, because you're gonna come across that way, or because you're you know gonna say something that 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 uh, you you know you're gonna get yourself in trouble or just because your your attitude is is gonna be uh noticeably different or less uh, attractive than somebody who's there to absolutely just make the best music we possibly can and not be in a pissing match with everybody else in the room about who's the best who's the hippest musician, uh, yep. in the room yeah. And it's 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 one of those things too. Like the idea is, if you have this view, I had it even with guitar strings, which is you're really getting into my mind here. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. I used to think, well, I use eleven yeah. gauges. Guitar's harder for me, so you know, like I'm I'm the real, like I'm doing the real thing. And like so, funny enough, um, I was just thinking about this, but uh, I got my Strat just set up. And I forgot to tell the guy I use 11 gauges. He put 10s on it. And I was like, this Strat actually sounds so good now. Like, what did he do different? It's like, it's less muddy. It's more bright. There's a really good um, mm. Rhett Scholl video on this. I think Rick, Rick Beato is a part of it as well. I think it's a Rick Beato video, actually. And he talks about string gauge and why you're like probably using the wrong string gauge. And the idea mm. is the the heavier string gauges maybe have more... Um, bass to them i found like that my strat was more muddy and he points at one thing like led zeppelin and around that time when they were playing guitar 
the string gauge wasn't 11, it wasn't 10, it wasn't 9, it was 8. So those classic tones yeah, wow. were on 8 gauge strings. I don't even think they sell those anymore, you know? Guitar players are always like, the heavier, the better the tone. No wonder they could do double step bends and stuff. Yeah. But also, too, like, from a mixing <laughs> perspective, like, because if I were to mix my guitar tone, I've done it a few times, right? Like, I've recorded and been like, what would I need to change? Always cutting out, like, 150, 250 area. And that area is reduced mm-hmm. on the lighter strings, for sure. <laughs> Guitarists have an obsession with bass and low end in their tone that I've never understood. Yeah, yeah, because it, it gets lopped off. And it's exactly like you're saying. It's like, it, it just... You're just rolling that off anyways, or it's making your your, your tone a little bit muddier. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know. It's a funny thing. So even in that sense, obviously, you know, like it's a very loose connection to call that elitism. But in the sense of, you know, uh, it, people do this with digital fucking digital guitar rigs. It's like, oh, well, you know, if you use a tube amp because tube amp is like the real thing. And it's like, but why couldn't mm-hmm. why couldn't a digital amp be better? you know or maybe why why couldn't it be equal anyways um the the big thing yeah. same uh, person who uh who puts yeah. lead additive in their uh their classic car and like you know turns up their nose at you for driving electric <laughs> yeah yeah um so well, another yeah. thing that i see and i'm guilty of as well in the past is uh dismissing an artist or a band or a player like not an artist as in like justin bieber which that is dangerous as well, but like an artist that maybe you know, uh, or a side guy or girl that you know, um, and you're dismissing them because they've gotten successful gigs, you choose to sort of shelter your ego by chalking their success up to their luck or their connections. You're kind of like missing a chance to see Mm -hmm. what they have that you don't. You know what I mean? Uh, And Mm -hmm. I've definitely done that sometimes just been like well that person knew that person so of course you know what i mean it's like well well maybe maybe there is some stuff missing that you know i could not emulate but at least like analyze why maybe i'm not getting those calls or or maybe why you know if i was an artist i'm not getting signed to a label or why my single isn't doing well you know what i mean um Mm -hmm. i just don't think you can get these things without having a reason oh to dude get we them. all do this i mean yeah. i i like if i'm being completely transparent here it's like you know anytime back when we used to do gigs it's like you know the opening band comes on if you're in like one of the if you're the headlining act or whatever like immediately you're like you're like these guys aren't going to be good like, yeah um, that this goes through my cute. mind that goes yeah. through my mind i'm ashamed to say that but that goes through my mind you know yeah rather than why am i not open to and i i actively am trying to be more open in this way to being like i hope this is an awesome set by them rather than being like these guys aren't going to be good because why am i saying that i don't want them to be better than my band because we're about to go on like i don't want to take that i don't want to be vulnerable i don't want to take that ego hit i don't want to feel um like the guitar player in the opening band is better than me. You know, yeah. now at this point in my career, I just assume that all guitar players are better than me. <laughs> I think because, we get more used to it as time goes on, I've, you know? Yeah. I've, I've taken enough defeats that I'm, I'm just okay with that now. But like, 
you know, it's, it, why do we do that? And it's just like you're saying. It's like, you know, you go, you, you see that the guitarist and the other band get on stage and they're rocking a, like, a, I don't know what kind of amp they could be rocking that's, like, not that good. Like, uh, a uh, Line 6 Spider or something, yeah. which I think is actually pretty sweet, especially nowadays, um, because they're using the, the Helix uh, brains in it. But anyways, you know, or, you know, it could be a direct guitar thing. It's like you see somebody roll up with a Kemper and you're like, oh, this guy's a real guitar player. And it's like, why are yeah. you doing that? Why are you doing that? Why am I doing that? You're looking for any excuse. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to accept the possibility that somebody else could be good. We're also like competitive and high strung and weird. And like, why do I do that? And I don't want to. And I'm I'm wondering if there's some way that we can, some like technique that we could battle this with. Yeah. It's funny because I, I don't mind it for humor's sake. You know what I mean? Or like, say, for instance, there there are a few people that I've encountered in my life, and they're kind of a douche. And, I, I, you know, if I meet another person, and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I know this guy and that guy, and then we find out that we both, like, hate that guy, that's kind of a nice feeling. I like <laughs> hating someone together, you know? Or, like, ripping on something jokingly. <laughs> that's fine, you know? Yeah. But the... the what you're talking about the same you know the idea of like letting that really become an actual like objective a part of your like analysis of the world is is no good well i think it happens under the surface and you don't even realize that it's actually polluting your growth as a musician right yeah like i mean you can't you can't help what you think but like i i think you have to be willing to reflect and challenge the thoughts that come to you yeah and i have over the years tried to make myself more aware and i'm not perfect at this at all but like more aware of like when that thought does come to me of like oh this person isn't going to be that good i haven't even heard them play yet you know yeah it's like yeah. i noticed the way yeah. that they're you know the way that they took their guitar out of their case i was like ah, oh, this guy doesn't know what he's doing you know what i mean like stupid stuff like yeah, that yeah. the way that their pedal board is organized that guy's a big pedal board. He's probably compensating for something. Exactly. And just like reflecting on that and being like, I, I, you know, because it's like you said, it's like you're missing an opportunity to grow yourself by looking for what is good about this song, this singer, this yeah. guitarist, this band, you know, yeah. this movie, this restaurant, whatever. Like there's all, you know. This commercial on TV, like I, I find myself trying harder to find out what what is good about this. Why is this good? Why yeah. do people like this? Rather than you know hating on it because it's more successful than me, or it's or this person is better than me, or or I don't want them to be, so I'm gonna in my mind make sure that I don't feel like they're better than me because that would feel bad. You know, it's like yeah, how do we fight that, man? Because like I, I want to. Um, again, like be more open to finding out how to how to do better myself and yeah. and and learn from others. You know, well, that, that's you, the idea. Uh, how do you do that? That was the one thing that I was yeah. I was going to say about um. I, this is like across the board. I feel everybody does this. Like if you are a fucking saint about this other stuff, you've done this. Is people yeah. feel like they're better than like a type of music? You know what I mean? Like, and I mm-hmm. do this particularly two types of music, and I've done it on this podcast with one of them. I've definitely talked shit about jazz 
you know, or jazz players, you know what <laughs> I mean? Um, yeah. And then bro country. I, and I mean, I still kind of, in my mind, still, you know, feel that way. It's like, you know, this is kind of a joke. Uh, and it's like, well, like, who the fuck am I? You know what I mean? And so the whole the whole idea yeah. is, just as you were saying, um, to miss that opportunity to maybe try to understand what people see in that um, type of music is, is big. And I see this all the time with pop music, with musicians. All the time they're talking shit about pop music. Like, oh, the lyrics aren't, you know, that good. It's like, well, maybe it's not a lyric-focused music. Or maybe this particular band isn't. Maybe they just write beautiful nonsense, but the production is amazing and, like, the actual parts are insane. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, if you can't find why the whole public decides that this is the best thing ever and you don't, you're hurting yourself. I think John Mayer said something to that effect about how the public is right. Like, if you write a song and you think it's the best song ever, if the public doesn't like it, then they're right and you're wrong. Yeah. Um, which oh, is, man, uh, that Berkeley Clinic. There's so much yes. good stuff in that Berkeley Clinic. And he plays yeah. really well. Yeah. And, and it, you know, maybe it's not for you, though, right? That's exactly like, maybe it. Maybe it's yes. not for you. Yeah. Like, we're all so self-absorbed and, 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 like, when we think the world revolves around us, it's like, man, Justin Bieber put out this song and it sucks. What a it's dick. Like, you know, he should, he should figure it out because I don't like his music. Maybe it's not for you. <laughs> Maybe figure out <laughs> figure out who it is for, yeah, and why it's connecting with them, yeah. Like, right? what are the things in it that are for you? You know, though, too, as well. Like, yeah, or maybe there is something in it for you that you're missing because you're yeah. writing it off. Very good yeah, point. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yep. That is, uh, and I just think yeah, that that's dangerous. Just, uh, but uh, I mean, th- my whole thing throughout this whole thing when I was like. You know, writing my rough notes for it, I was like, make sure to mention, I'm guilty of all of these things. Uh, talking about this oh, stuff God, of course. is as much like a self-reflection for myself as much of, as yeah. it is a judgment of others. And it is a judgment of others because I see this shit all the time. Um, but uh, yeah. yeah, no, these are things that I am trying trying to reduce. There's the whole like the whole um, approach of yes and – you familiar with this? Like no. improv comedy? Okay, yeah, yeah. So if you're in like I think I might have talked about this before, but like if you're in a, if you're doing an improv sketch, which I would never be good at and I'm not ever gonna do. But we'll um, do one right now. Mad respect to people who are I'm good in at a bagel shop. <laughs> <laughs> yes and Al. Uh, yeah. So, you know, <laughs> basically you're never supposed to answer or respond to a, f- a phrase in improv with no or any sort of negative yeah. Um, response that because that's going to terminate the current idea and then you're stuck right yeah. so it's always yes and or some sort of version of you know of that you're always building on what the other person did right whatever they started with um so anyways you know that's my that's the extent of my knowledge of, of improv comedy but where i think this go. applies uh in, in so many ways but in particular like uh, you know, on, on this very podcast, you know, like it's probably the most obvious place. Like if you say something, I'm just like, yeah, no, I, just, I don't agree with that. Yeah. And I stop there. You know, that's like the, <laughs> that's like the worst uh, podcast ever. Right. I, yeah. we, we have to build on what each other is saying. But um, in a more specific, like related way in terms of music, like say you're working, a, you know, producing a song or like 
working on an arrangement with a band that you're in for a, uh, the live show or whatever. It's like it, it's got to always be yes and. And what I mean by that is look for – rather than looking for what's not working and pointing out that that's not working, which sometimes you have to do because yeah. stuff just isn't working. But most of the time, instead of looking for what's not working or like if you are if you get a work tape and the artist is psyched about it and they want to – record the song like you know rather than listening to that song and being like yeah the song isn't that good i mean i guess i'll i guess i'll produce it because i need Money. to work but yeah. like the song isn't good you know like if you're starting from there there's no way you're gonna do a good job on, on this you know or like if you're in a band situation and you're just looking to shoot down other people's ideas to make yourself feel better which i've definitely done before and i'm sure a lot of people have uh you know instead of trying to uh you know look at the negative and and take down the negative look for what you like about something and build on that sure so you know if, if somebody brings a song to you if you're in a writing session somebody brings a song to you and you're not really feeling their idea it's like okay but find something that's good and there's gotta be something in there where you're like okay yeah i can work with that and rather than you know, framing it in a way of like, okay, well, the only good part of this is this, so let's let's work on this. Maybe don't frame it like that, but like, you know, be like, yo, I really love the bridge of this song. Like, I want to build on that. Like, I think it's good enough to be the chorus. Yes. And like, you know, build on that. And then, you know, take it from there. And, and that's how stuff gets, you know, created and, and done. And people walk away happy um, people walk away frustrated and, and disillusioned and not wanting to work with you again if you're always being like, no, I don't like that. No, don't do that. Yeah. No. This, yeah. You know what I mean? So like – and that again comes back to this. Why are you doing that? Because you want to feel like – you know, or I want to feel like I've got I've got better ideas or yes. you know, whatever. And that's it's, – it's destructive, man. It's not good for me. It's not good for the people I'm working with, so I try very hard not to do those things. And I didn't even think of it that yes way. And approach and I, is a way to sort yeah, of come back. That you're totally right. I didn't even think of it that way, and I'm definitely guilty of that. Like I'll be in a rehearsal and be like, "These guys don't fucking know what it is all about," you know? Like this is so fucking stupid. Yeah. This thing, and it's like, what is that? What is that serving anything? Um, yeah, no, yeah. that's that's a really good. I, I mean, it, I there's got to be a better name for this than elitism. Like, I think elitism, like, it's just ego, ego problems, you know? But, um, yeah. But yeah. The, the big thing that I've taken away from this, and it, it's not always true, so you can't always, like, you can't always say that this is factually the thing, but I try to treat, like, with success of other people that I'm jealous of or just other people, if they have something good, they deserve it, you know? Cause this, that's not always factually true. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, in the sense of not to put those people down, but just the idea that, you know, I don't like when people say, you know, you're the only thing that, you know, affects your success. Cause obviously if you've had things happen to you, like if you, got sick with a really serious illness or you know say for instance you um you're a girl trying to make it as a side musician it's more it's more difficult unfortunately 
You know, so mm-hmm. to see a male guitarist um, who's succeeding in that and to be like, well, we're on the same, like, playing field. It's like, well, you are, but not by the other people's perception, you know. Like, people are going to definitely yeah. discriminate against you. Um, but I think it's it's helpful, you know, to, with most situations, be like, that person has that gig, that person has that success, they deserve it, you know, like, what can I do to, like, learn from this, right? You know? Uh, but also, that being said, who the fuck am I to be giving life and career advice? No, I, <laughs> I, think, I think you're absolutely right about, you know, privilege playing a role or, yeah. or you know, positively or negatively based on, you know, you know race, gender, yeah. class, whatever you want to sort of say. Um, but I think if if you go ahead with the assumption that if somebody's doing well or they have a thing that you want, that they deserve it and they worked hard to get it, that's going to be way more constructive to your own growth than to look for reasons why they don't deserve it or yeah. they shouldn't have gotten it. Um, yeah. I, 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 so that's the way that, that I would look at it in terms of my own personal growth to say that everybody's on the same playing field and everything's equal and, and like is, is, is horrendously untrue and disrespectful and, and to not acknowledge that is, is, is a crime. But in terms of personal growth, assuming that somebody else has earned what they've gotten, I think is, is going to be better for your own personal growth. Yeah. Well, Uh, and also to say that with, with, just Confidence. just because say for instance they've they've gotten something um you know like them deserving it has nothing to do with you not deserving it they could deserve it and you could deserve it too you know what i mean um yeah so sure. that that's definitely a thing yeah. but that's that's yeah. all it is being willing uh, to be be humble and yeah don't fucking hate on nickelback you jerks justin bieber's the shit john mayer is definitely the shit and anybody who says otherwise i'll fucking cut you <laughs> well you know what there's another i remember it's funny because before we started this episode you were like i don't know what you're going to talk about in this episode i feel like i'm going to do all this talking yeah and like i found a lot of things to that's good though i didn't about, want this to I be do. like a lecture from michael Hebs. like like because i me being like oh who might have give life and career advice like it's it's totally true. Who the fuck am I? You know what I mean? Like we're all just people doing our best. But it's an observation. But what were you? Well, gonna say? I mean, yeah, we're here to discuss these these ideas and learn from them ourselves. And yeah, and you know, enjoy the discussion. You teach me and how hope I our tell, listeners enjoy the discussion you? as well. And, Pokemon? and maybe they get something out of it. Maybe they discover something. Um, but I was going to say about like you know, if you think John Mayer sucks, you're wrong. It's like, uh. I, I don't. I, I feel like I've been pretty good at this just naturally, but like you know, I I I listened to like pop rock, pop punk music growing up a lot. Yeah. You know, like some forty one was like a a mainstay on my my you know my disc man and uh, and anyways, like I've I've told I, I've mentioned that a lot of times that uh, on this podcast, and I would still listen to man all killer no filler. I'd still listen to that right now. Yes, sick. I. I I, I don't know what it was, but like, I never really let other people uh, take away my enjoyment of the music that I enjoyed. 
Sure. Yeah, that's good. I'm not going to let you ruin this for me because you don't think this band is good. I'm not going to stop listening to John Mayer because other people don't think he's good. This is true. I I really like his music. If somebody's going to tell me not to like this or that music because you know they don't think it's valid I, i've just never had a problem being like yeah whatever like i'm still gonna listen to it because i yeah. think it's dope yeah. you know like, it's just I, I, I don't know why that is but it just pisses me yeah off. but like I, it's never affected me though I, yeah. I don't know what it is but like i would definitely say to people out there like if you're questioning what you like because of what other people are telling you is good or not good uh don't do that <laughs> If yeah, you sure, like a, sure. If you like a band or a song or a, an artist, like that's awesome. Enjoying yeah. things is great, so keep doing that. <laughs> Love enjoying um, things and be open to, to new things so that you can enjoy those things as well. There's one other thing I wanted to hit up, um, yeah. and this could be a topic of an episode all all its own. But I also do think that looking too much at what other people are doing. Uh, even if you're sure. being really good about giving them due credit and stuff and like trying not to beat yourself up and or and or trying not to be too negative about what they're doing or whatever it's like and this is probably a whole episode on its own but like social media is making it very very difficult yes. for me personally to yes. do my own thing uh, and I'm finding myself in the thick of it right now because I'm trying to release this tune, so I have to be on social media on a daily basis, posting and commenting. And as soon as you open up that app, there's 20 other people who just put a song out, and it's yeah. doing so good, and 20 million streams, and it's like, how am I ever going to get 20 million th- streams? They have tons of TikTok followers and shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, what am I doing with my life? Like, why do I... and. I don't know how to manage that yet. Transcendental meditation. Yeah, true, man. <laughs> yeah, I, there's there's certainly a, a certain amount of looking around at what other people are doing that I think is too much for me. Yes. Uh, so I need to close that channel for a bit, uh, even if I am trying to be good and trying to respect the work and be happy for everybody else. It's like uh, there's you sort of said tongue in cheek earlier it's like you you know you are the only thing that affects your uh success or growth or whatever yeah and it th- but there is like a certain amount of you just have to work on yourself and focus on yeah your art and try not to focus too much on what other people are doing and i found myself kind of getting getting beat up uh if i spend too much time on social media looking at what other people have going on because um, I'm fortunate to be friends with a lot of successful musicians and artists and people who are doing really well, and I think that's actually a, a really positive thing. But when you spend too much time on Instagram, sometimes it can kind of kick your ass a bit. And uh, yes, and I don't know how to manage that just yet, but that might be a, a whole other. It's it's kind of like the opposite of when you go to a show and you see like a great guitarist, and you're like, man, I'm so excited to just go home and play. Yeah. It's like, man, I hate myself. I don't want to play anything. Yeah, that's true. It does have like an opposite effect of when you go to a concert, you get inspired. When you look at social media, you just get depressed. Yeah. <laughs> I find that anyway. I really don't like so, it. So like, why does it, why does that work like that? Um, so it's okay to also just turn that off and not concern yourself with what other people got going on. So I, 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 I don't yeah. want anybody listening to this to take away. It's like, well, I have to, 
you know, look at what other people are doing and be positive about it. And like, yeah, try to be positive and try to respect the work (laughs) and try not to belittle other people. Yeah, absolutely. But there's also a certain amount of like turn off Instagram sometimes because being inundated with uh, everybody else's, you know, success all the time can sort of wear me down. One of the things that my therapist said, once again, not medical advice, but uh, she said that uh, uh, you should, if you're going to compare yourself to anyone, compare yourself to yourself a few years ago, uh, right? Because things yep. get a lot different between you know, like at our age, you know, like there's so many factors at our age that that affect your success and your career and all that. Like when you're like 10 years old, you're pretty much all the same, you know, ish, ish. Yeah, you know, but so maybe try that. Compared to Michael Hebb's yeah three years ago, lost a little bit more hair, uh, not playing as many shows, and uh, I was more broke. So there's that. <laughs> a little bit more crazy. Yeah, I, I think I'm a little bit more crazy because of lockdown. So you know, I'm just gonna go. Oh yeah, yeah, and I, I I keep remembering to give myself a break sometimes. I have to mm-hmm. remind myself to give myself a break sometimes because like. You know, I, 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 not, I, I don't realize, like, I get used to the way things are, and I don't realize that, like, I would be working so much more yeah. right now if it weren't for this yeah. thing. And in the meantime, I've created all these sort of projects and, and ways to try, to try to make work happen for myself in, in, in lieu of the, the pandemic. But, yeah, like, give yourself a break, man. Like, you're not – you are not necessarily what – you know what you are right now and and that's it because there's an entire world of you know shows and and other performances that we were doing before this whole thing hit that like hopefully we'll get to do again because that was pretty sweet and yeah i, I gotta remind myself sometimes it's like no like you you did have some good shit going on yes it's just we can't do that right now i was yeah. talking to another musician literally we were all we actually were all playing video games because we're very successful. Nice. Um, very successful, well-adjusted 32-year-old men. Um, but, uh, uh, and they were saying, yeah, like I kind of brought up, I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm not, not that I'm not doing well as like, like as in, you know, my life is awful. But I'm like, yeah, I don't feel so great in the last few weeks. Uh, and they said the same yeah. thing. Like literally I was going to get into it. They're like, yeah, I feel the same way. I feel like, you know, a loser, like I haven't accomplished anything. I'm like, I kind of feel the same way too. And like, it, I, it's, yeah, it did take me to kind of remind myself. It's like, well, I feel like a loser now, right? Because I'm like working, barely working, you know, like our, our uh, mm-hmm. province is in lockdown. So me and Al, you know, we can teach online, but it's definitely reduced and there's no gigs, you know? So like, it's, I think it's natural to, pretty much feel like a loser right now (laughs) yeah yeah there's certainly an amount of give yourself a break um break me up a piece that we all need to be reminded to do i think yeah this uh, entire industry is is essentially shut down is brought to you by kitkat give yourself a break first sponsor (laughs) i wish hashtag sponsored um there's one and the other thing i'm thinking of now i feel like we're running pretty long but I was listening to, uh, I've referenced this podcast before. There's a podcast called The Twitch Playbook, which okay, is a really yeah, good yeah. podcast if you're thinking about 
becoming a, a Twitch streamer and uh, the the host is it's the episodes are really well thought out. He, he writes them all ahead of time. They're short. They're concise. Uh, and he brings up a lot of really good points. And he brings up this this point of this thing he calls the quote unquote the enemy. The um, enemy. And the enemy is basically is the voice inside your head that tries to discourage you from doing things. Oh, so, okay. Kind of like what we were talking about. About you know you look at instagram you see how well everybody else is doing you're like oh well i shouldn't even bother because like how am i ever going to get that many streams or how am i ever going to play that fast on guitar or however how am i going to get that many followers or whatever right that is sort of a product of the enemy which i like that the thing that tries to stop you from doing the things that you're supposed to be doing so that can manifest in a lot of different ways that's one way but i mean another way that i've been that's been hitting me recently is like I'm 32 years old now. Like I can't really. Me too, baby. Oh yeah, happy belated birthday! Thanks, by the buddy. Way. I can't really change drastically my career path. I mean, I guess I could, but I feel like yeah. I'm in a spot where, um, you know, my 20s are behind me, and if I was gonna if I was gonna make it, I would have made it by now. You know, I know exactly and, what you and mean. Yeah, that yeah, That's dangerous. And that thinking is another manifestation of the enemy being like. Yeah, you know, you would have released your record by now, or you would have, if your podcast was going to be successful, it would have happened. I look at all these people that are yeah. successful. They were doing it when they were 23 and you're 32. And it's like, it's like that is just that, that voice in your head trying to stop you from doing your, your thing. Cause if you think about it, like, yeah, I'm 32. I've got like in this business, we don't, we don't ever have to stop if we don't want yep. to. I could be yep. doing this when I'm 80 years old, man. I got well, 50 plenty- years more of, Plenty of, of musicians stuff I can do. You know, it's like, that do, that see success. Like actors that see success later in their careers. Like, you're not going to see an actor who's like a hot action star who's like, you know, never been in a movie and then all of a sudden is 50 in, in a movie as a hot action star. But, like, in just in the same way, like, you're never, not going to see like, um, almost like a boy band of like 50 year olds that just hits you know and like not that that those are bad things but those are like those part of those those like the pop thing and the the pop boy band thing and the action star thing is like young you know hot people you know what i mean like like but you know john williams wasn't successful i don't think until he was like in his 40s and john williams is you know he's the composer for fucking star wars um and stuff like that like i feel like our careers that are maybe a little bit less like, oh, I'm going to be a star. You know, it's like, I think those careers, there's not really a time limit on when those when those drop. You know, there's tons of actors that, you know, uh, they got their first big break when they're in their 40s, 50s, uh, and then they're, they're good to go, mm-hmm. you know? So we got tons of time. But yeah, yeah I think Or even look at like Rick Beato, who you mentioned earlier, not, uh, not in his 20s, one of the yep. biggest YouTube channels yep. that I follow, you know. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, if you're thinking about being a rock star or whatever, then, y- y- yeah, there's a there's a window for that. I uh, want to pivot. And as you get older, you think, yeah, you, you find yourself maybe pivoting a little bit, maybe exploring different, uh, different careers and finding out, oh, I really actually enjoy talking to mike for an hour and a half every week yes and like let's try this thing and and you know and uh, or I, really, I actually really enjoy streaming let's try that um and 
and you know, there's so many, so many more years ahead to uh, explore different uh, careers and 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 just paths and stuff. That just don't let don't let the enemy beat you, guys. Fucking enemy, don't let it beat you. I love that idea of calling it the enemy. <laughs> it's dark too. You know what yeah. I mean. I think I'm just going like to actually fighting the good fight. give it a name, like Greg or something. Fucking Greg. Yeah. Um, but that, <laughs> that, that is great. It's great advice. Anything else you want to hit up? This is uh, brought to you by Kit Kat. Um, Kit Kat. <laughs> chocolate bars. Kit Kat. Give yourself, a, give yourself, give yourself a, break. a fucking break. It's a pandemic. Put some sweet, tasty chocolate bars in <laughs> So we're going to call an episode right there we want to thank you so much for listening thanks mike for putting this topic together that was a great chat man i really enjoyed this yeah you know i'm a pretty pretty smart man with thoughts <laughs> um we will shout out that patreon one more time uh i guess we'll start doing this every week patreon.com slash music guy podcast if you want to get back to the show uh if you feel that uh we've uh, added some value to your life uh, or if you just in, in, enjoy listening every once in a while and, and you want to uh, toss us uh, a little bit of money as a thank you, we would appreciate that uh, more than you know. Um, and if you are looking for guitar lessons or yeah. somebody to uh, record some some slide or maybe some uh, some sound production sort of stuff on, on your next record, look no further than, than Mr. Michael Hebbs out there. I'm right here. Great All to day. work with. Every day. Super talented. Very talented. Uh, if, uh, Many talents. If you're looking for, you know, acoustic guitar lessons, maybe you need a song produced from scratch, maybe you've got a track that you're, uh, you're having trouble mixing and you, you just need somebody to take it the rest of the way for you, uh, I would love to work with you. Uh, you can find me on social media at Alro Music and most of the platforms. And you can find Mike on social media at Bruno the Meek on Instagram. You can find the podcast at Music Guy Podcast on Instagram, musicguypodcast.com for all the past episodes and future episodes. And that's it. We thank you so much. Our song of the week comes to us from Elmvale's own Mr. Graham Scott Fleming. This is a brand new song from Graham. It's called Deja Vu. I'm so proud to have played on, uh, produced, and mixed this tune alongside the guys from The Agenda. Uh, when Graham is not pursuing his career as a country star, Graham is a legit star on Broadway, performing in musicals such as Kinky Boots, Hair, and Rent. Give him a follow on Spotify, Instagram, TikTok, uh, and check out this new song. It's called Deja Vu. We hope you enjoy it. I'm having deja vu at this party. When you walk into the room, got everybody talking Cause they know I'm not over you They try to take me home and they say that it's not worth it But what I don't understand is you knew that I was hurting Why'd you have to go and break me down again? Why'd you have to go so far? Take another piece of this heart You couldn't live to with the last goodbye Why'd you have to show up tonight? I don't wanna be reminded I'm trying and I'm barely getting by Why'd you have to go so far? Tonight 
last year with you not around Waving my white flag, still hearing your name, it's killing me No, I thought that I would try, get out and deny Have a few drinks just to feel okay Now you're standing in the room and I'm stuck in deja vu Why'd you gotta break me down again? Why'd you have to go so far? Take another piece of this heart You could've left it with the last goodbye Walking to the room, got everybody talking Cause they know I'm not over you Why'd you have to go so far? Take another piece of 